Okay, so today I have my sons here and we're going to talk about how we as individuals are bridging the gap in so many areas that the world is going through right now. So we're going through the pandemic, we're going through uh, marches and riots globally. Um, people are concerned about oppression, so they want to stamp out oppression. And then we have situations where others are concerned because they can't go in church buildings. Others do not want to wear masks. So there's so much chaos going on in the world right now, and especially in the United States. And so what I want to hear is what is everybody doing to try to get through this period? And I call it Know Thyself. Get to know yourself. And one way to do that is consider your mind, your body, your spirit, and your soul. So one of the ways that I'm doing it is that as far as my soul, I've actually joined like several different small groups. One is Soul Tendering. That's the name of the group. And then I have another one where we're having black and white conversations. We're trying to understand, you know, racism. And then I'm in another group that talks about uh, it's just civil discourse and all that's about is how can we talk peacefully about the Democrats and the Republicans so so that's what I'm doing for my soul and so what are you guys working on your body your mind your spirit well I guess I'll go ahead and chime in on this I just feel like uh, it's, it's all of it uh, it's testing your will and your want, uh, things that you need in life, with whatever that is. Um, it's making you think about, you know, what what you want to do with yourself and how are you going to do it, and do you have the persistence and the ability to do those things. Um, a lot of people are either gaining weight or losing weight. Uh, it's all really depending on how are you going to let this situation uh, dictate your your narrative, I would say, in life, are you, are you all let yourself, you know, run and hide and, and, you know, just eat yourself silly, or are you gonna, you know, work out and concentrate on your body so then if something does that, does happen, um, your immune system will kick in and take care of it. So, um, it's really a, a, a time for reflecting on who you are, uh, what kind of person you are, because uh, a lot of people are coming out and uh, showing their true colors. So then you got to figure out what your true colors are to kind of counterattack that. If if you feel like whatever a person is feeling is, is not right, then it's your you know, your ability to, to go ahead and talk to that person and, and shed some light to um, how they feel and, and vice versa. If there's something that you feel strongly about, then they're, they're able to show them their true colors to you so then you can learn. So um, I think a lot of things has been, is being rose to the, uh, the surface, whether it be positive and negative um, right now. And 2020 is big on vision because you're seeing, um, you're seeing it all for what it is. Um, America is right now is dealing with the ugliness of America, a lot of things that we don't think about when we had everything on, uh, NBA and the NFL and, you 
buy things. I, I, I like to watch those things. And when it's on, you don't think about that people are getting treated unfairly in other places of the country. And for a long time, people have been talking about it, but we haven't really seen it until the, like, I would say the past couple of years. We're starting to see um, the injustice happen a lot, and people are starting to see what, you know, what all of America is. It is, it does have its good parts, but then it does have a lot of things that we need to clean up, That's, I mean, that's, that's very true. I know that in the groups, the small groups that I'm a part of, I'm finding out that a lot of people are dealing with fear and anxiety. Um, The, actually, the whites in my group are, are very concerned about what's going on in the United States and the world, because I think when the whole world started rioting because of the oppression in the United States, that shocked people. That shocked America. America did not realize that the whole world knew how African Americans were being treated and other minorities in America. So the world does know that. It's just that for some reason, uh, in the United States, people had what's called inattention blindness. If it doesn't concern you, you do not see it. And so for a long time, people just didn't see how blacks were being treated. Right. It's separating those people. It's showing um, what those people basically are thinking. Um, And it's more of like a thinking out loud now. Um, If you have a concern for people other than yourself, it's it's being shown. Um, You know, wearing a mask, uh, you can think about you know, wearing a mask is very inconvenient, but it's inconvenient for a purpose. Um, you know, that purpose is for others. Sometimes you, you're too worried about, you know, trying to be, um, trying to be able to do whatever you want to do. Um, I think America is really big on that. Uh, they have that freedom. They feel like they can say whatever they want to say, do whatever they want to do. Um, and now is that that entitlement and all of that is being shown uh, with the American people. It's not just a white or black or Asian or whatever. It's not even about race, really. It's about the entitlement that we all basically had as Americans that we can do whatever we want. And um, it, it's being shown that we can't. Sometimes we need to be humble and stay in the house. And um, <laughs> you look at the fires now, it's like, it's getting more like, hey, you can't do whatever you want to do. And there's a time and season for everything. So. That's interesting because I think for the first time, that blue and gold passport is not accepted in every country. There's only about 30 countries that will allow Americans to come. And I don't know how many countries we have, 200 or more. Uh, but only 30 countries will allow Americans to actually visit now because of the virus. So that is something that we're not accustomed to either, that we're limited. And then we're also limited by our fires that are going on in California. Uh, some people have losing their homes and having to move out of their homes. So they don't even, some people don't even have places to live. 
and then we have the hunger problem and the homeless problem and we have more people in line for food than ever before we have over 30 million people out of jobs and so america is finally starting to notice people who are less fortunate and it's scary to a lot of people and I didn't realize how scary it was until I started joining these various small groups uh, where the whole point is to have a conversation because a lot of people have been asleep and they just have not realized what's going on in America. And so uh, one of the other things that I've been doing as far as my mind to just keep, you know, keep improving or expanding my thinking is that I've started a book club and it's actually a race and reconciliation book club. And so we're learning a lot in the book club. We're learning even things about ancient history that is now coming out in a lot of academic books that are in universities and especially Ivy League universities. They're now publishing a lot of information about history, about African Americans and their contributions in America that has never been published before. So that in itself is a wake-up call for America in that people had no idea of how much contributions uh, have been made by African Americans to this country, how many contributions have been made by Asian Americans and Native Americans. So <clears throat> all this information has been left out of our history books all the way from kindergarten all the way through the PhD level. But now things are changing. So we're coming out with books that are telling us all about um, historical facts that should we should know that we do not know. And so I think that in itself is a little surprising and shocking to America. So what are some things that you guys are doing to kind of help uh, with your health or your body? I know I'm taking zinc and things like that to just to improve my immune system. I guess I'll chime in. <laughs> uh, I mean, as far as uh, my health and my body, uh, I'm being more conscious of what I'm eating because when the pandemic started, I wasn't. Like, I was more, because it was so different that, you know, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not sure if we're going to be going into the office or not going into the office and all that type of stuff. I think it was just different, so I wasn't being conscious of what I'm eating, what I'm, my, my food intake. I was just kind of eating and being at home and trying to figure out uh, what life is going to look like coming up. But now I think that we've had time to be in the pandemic and be part of this like uh, unfamiliar world that we can kind of get back to thinking what's important. And so, which is definitely your your food intake and your health. So I just been making sure that I'm, you know, grocery shopping and, uh, you know, and, and going to, you know, the Trader Joe's and the whole Whole Foods and, you know, stuff like that, and really reading labels and seeing what's inside of the food that I eat because I noticed uh, uh, even if I if I if I'm not disciplined enough to be working out, eating better just makes you feel better in general, just like in your daily. Teams. Like you have more energy, you have a better attitude, you don't feel sluggish. So it's really just uh, recognizing the value and how much, especially getting older too. You know, you have to start eating better. You don't really have a choice. 
if you want to feel good, if you want to feel energetic, and you want to feel like your brain can think the way it needs to, then you kind of have to watch what you're eating. So that's really what I've been doing. It's just simply grocery shopping and uh, just being more conscious about what I'm putting inside of my body. And uh, so I also say how much I'm putting inside of my body too. That's something that I've started looking into as well is my diet, what kinds of foods. I'm eating more fruits, more vegetables. I'm trying to even drink green tea, unfortunately, about three times a day. But I try to mix that with chai uh, and then every so often maybe a coffee, but I don't do coffee that much anymore. Uh, doing more of the green teas and uh, I will do mandarin orange tea, something like that. And I try to stay away from the caffeine, so I usually get decaffeinated green teas. Um, and so drinking something hot all during the day. And I got that information from a friend of mine who's a nurse uh, uh, working in the ICU in New York. And so um, she has suggested that you take hot liver oil pills, so I'm doing that. Uh, vitamin C, I'm doing that. And then also, the thing I'm not doing... <laughs> is getting the exercise that I should. I have been doing some walking, but just a little bit, especially now that we have the fires and all the smoke. So we really can't or shouldn't go outside in the smoke uh, because it's just not healthy air right now. Uh, so what are other people doing to, um, to work on safe spirit? Uh, how are we doing that? Anybody doing more prayers or more anything? I do some Lectio Divina, but I have to do that anyway because I deal with students who are in a seminary. So we do Lectio Divina online on Zoom, which works out really well. And so that's just reading the scriptures and then listening for God to say something to us. So who else does something to help their spirit? And what is that? Um, yeah, so uh, right now the, the churches are, are kind of closed, semi-closed. There are a few churches that are open, uh, but I'm taking this time to really find alternative ways of having my relationship with God, and it's not with um, in prayer and meditation, and just trying to find out what is what is coming next, what I should be working on for the next uh, level. Um, just really trying to get into uh, the Bible and, and see what, what God you know, really wants me to do at this time. Um, I think the podcasts are really good right now for a lot of people because they're able to give out uh, the word and they're able to have Bible studies and stuff like that uh, surrounding the podcast world. So it's an alternative way of getting it done. Now, I know that um, a lot of people are trying to do worship outside and, um, you know, that you know, becomes difficult sometimes. So, I, I even say at this point, if there's ways we can do it, you know, in the backyards and uh, you know, more of a smaller group. So, at least it's still being done. Um, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a correlation with us worshiping, you know, not being able to worship God like we like we normally do, and the natural disasters are happening. So I just feel like um, 
that is something that we absolutely need to do. But we have to figure out how to do it in the, the safest way possible um, at the same time. So it, it's really just finding that alternative way of finding God in, in, in this situation. You know, I think that's really interesting because um, some of the things that um, we've been talking about, as I talk to students who actually some are running churches, and so some are still going into their church, but they have uh, social distancing. It's just a whole lot more work for them to actually do a, a church service. And others are still doing Zoom or um, Facebook or whatever they do for their church. And so one of the things that um, is that I'm hearing that people are doing too is that as far as individual prayer, they're finding it good time, this is a good time for their family to do prayer at home. And so they do prayer at home. Uh, I've had one person say that his teenagers for the first time started doing Lectio Divina and he was shocked at how well they liked it because his children they're in Jordan, so his children doesn't like going, like just sitting down going to church. <laughs> Everybody doesn't like just going to church. And so, but when he does Lectio Divina at home, just reading the scriptures and letting his children hear a word or two that they feel God is telling them from those scriptures, that, that his children really like that a lot. And so some people are getting more time now with family than they've ever had. So they're counting it a blessing instead of just worried about when can we go back into a particular building so that we can worship God. But we can worship God at our home or in our backyard. It doesn't really matter where we are. But I think prayer to him is a good spiritual practice. I think reading the scriptures and uh, listening trying to listen for what he has to say to us because God is doing things on the earth. He does have a mission. And so we just need to figure out where we fit in that mission. So um, the way I'm looking at it is that I fit with helping others online uh, how, to, how to pray and how to sit before God and hear him and hear his words. And so we're finding out that that works really well over Zoom anywhere in the world. I mean, there are, there are students all over the world and they seem to still get as much experience on Zoom in small groups as they do when they're in their church buildings and sometimes more. So anyway, I think that's, um, that's something that we could do spirit-wise. And as far as soul, um, what I've been doing is attending some of the, what we call a soul tending uh, groups. And these are just various people all over the United States who have decided to get together via Zoom and talk about how they feel about the pandemic, how they feel about racism, how they feel that what they feel God is telling them as individuals, what is their part to play to improve things. So is anybody else hearing anybody talk about what they think they need to do to improve any churches that you're attending or any groups that you're in or any work peers or uh, co-workers talking about what they're doing to try to improve the situation with either the pandemic or with um, racism or any of that? Um, actually, at work, um, that's probably the only 
place where I see people that I'm not related to. Uh, but yeah, at work, you know, I have, uh, I guess in most offices, being African American, you're um, one, or you, you know, you're a few, of, there's usually a few of you in the office, so that's how my office is too. But um, one of the guys in my office, he's a, uh, you know, he's, he's president of Republican clubs, and so you know, he's he's, he's pretty. Uh, I wouldn't say extreme right, but you know, he's he's definitely far right, uh, which is fine. Um, so sometimes he'll come to me and um, he'll ask me questions, or um, he'll like I guess quote go test the water with me to kind of see how far he can dig without me being offended or without me closing down. So I actually uh, just put my patience on and, and I listen to what he has to say because I don't know how many people that he has access to or he's chosen to have access to that look like me. So I, I figured that I would be a listening ear to kind of understand what he's saying and why he thinks the way he thinks and um, I did and so now he is a little more open. He's, he's open to what I have to say and he's even to the point where he's agreeing with me on a lot of things as far as um, uh, police across America that need a retraining, uh, some type of retraining to block the stereotypes and the, um, you know, the negative uh, thoughts of African-Americans or, uh, you know, minorities. Or stereotypes so I, I that maybe he believed. He had, a, he had a lot of points that I didn't agree with, but that was a big one that I was surprised to hear him. Um, admit, um, you know, being from the background that he's from. Hmm. Okay, and that's that's a good point because almost everywhere I have worked, I have been the minority or the only African American, and most times the only woman. And so, it's really interesting uh, having that experience. I, I look at it as an opportunity. God is placing you in environments where. There's an opportunity for you to speak your truth, but not in a way that it's uh, like not necessarily against someone or coming up against someone. That's not the point. The point is, can you communicate as a human? And so I think we have an opportunity to be in certain environments so that we can learn uh, about other cultures, other people, so that we can respect the diversity that God has on the earth. And so I see even my corporate training as an opportunity for God to use me to learn about other cultures of people, to learn about the majority, to learn how people think and what they value. And so if we can all understand that everybody has values in their life, and you have to respect people and their values. Uh, not that you're having to force your way on a person. And some people die trying to be right. And so it's not worth dying trying to be right just to try to prove your point. So it's, it's really interesting that the more we do have conversation with people not like us, the more we learn. And the more and the better I think we can we can get along. So that's the purpose of that uh, civil discourse group that I'm I'm in, and uh, it just so happens that everybody in that particular group 
sort of see politically the same way. Uh, but they have neighbors who do not see politically the same way. So they're trying to figure out how can you just have a civil, calm conversation about politics? Uh, and that's really sad that people get so angry uh, that they will, you know, have road rage or whatever that they do uh, or shooting each other. It's, it's really sad that people cannot communicate any more than they do. Uh, so one of the things I'm doing to continue improvement for myself is to participate in these black-white conversations, participate in the Democrat-Republican conversations. Uh, see what do you have in common with people because we're all human, so we all have things that we have in common. And so if, if we're looking at an expression that was used to be used in America is, what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would sit down and have a conversation with people not like him. That is what he did. And he didn't offend the people, but he did tell the people about his father. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting. There's so much that we can do that's, that can improve things. And then there are things that we can do that will not help things. So I think we just need to be cognizant of what will be helpful at this time in America and in the world. Uh, so Chris, what are you doing to kind of work on, you know, the mind and the spirit? Very much um, I know you're doing some podcasting here lately. Yes, but I don't know. I don't want to uh, answer the question, I guess, in a sense. Like, uh, how do I, like, better the mind and the spirit? Like, I guess just entertainment, I guess, uh, I guess free thinking without having a serious tone to it is like what my, my podcast is about. So, I guess spiritually or mentally, I guess it can help you and relax and not just think about the harsh, the harsh world, I guess, we're living in right now with well, politics being part of it and other things. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't know. Like I, I feel like I guess. Well, I do. Actually, I do. I do feel like. Uh, I guess my hopefully my. Uh, I guess having an idea to do a podcast on relax or relaxation or at least not relaxation, but uh, uh, thinking other thinking more positively than negative negatively. Hopefully, that will change the world in some way. But I mean, you get a small piece of it. So. I don't know. That's, like, that's what I only have to think of right now is like how I guess what I'm doing is changing things or, or whichever the harder the statement was. Well, what are you doing as far as friends? Because I'm finding out uh, the surprise that I have with some of the groups that I'm small groups that I'm now interfacing with, like the civil discourse as well as um, soul tending and you know other things, black white conversations. I'm amazed at how many white people, if they have a friend, it's me. <laughs> they don't have any more. And it's like, <laughs> I don't really, I don't really understand how people can only have friends that's one color, one nationality, one ethnicity. Um, and so I think that's one of the problems that we're having is that we have limited our, our circle, our, our close circles, because we have to work with people. That's one thing. 
But then how many of those people do you feel comfortable inviting to your home, having dinner with, you know, going on a vacation with? I mean, which, what are, who are, who are the people that you surround yourself with? Because if you only surround yourself with people that look just like you, then you will never learn anything about any other cultures. You will never have respect for other cultures because you never understand them. And you don't see them as human as, say, your own culture. And so I think with our family, we have been around nations, different nations of people. I know all you guys' life. (laughs) And most of the time, ever since fifth grade, I think, I have been in majority environments when I was in school. So do you think it helps being around or knowing people, personally knowing people of different backgrounds and cultures and nationalities and ethnicities? Does that make a difference? Just me or <laughs> anybody? Anybody? I mean, because all of you deal with people, different ethnicities, nationalities, backgrounds, well, well, cultures. Of, of course, I would find find it uh, an advantage, and, and uh, if you are, you know, into uh, people who are different backgrounds, because you know, it's only that's like to me. I feel like that's like the more, I guess, like a. I guess quicker or easier way to learn about someone's culture is directly from a person instead of reading it from a book. So I mean, like at least you'll know that you know what. I mean, it, well, I mean, I guess it's not really like learning if you're just being friends with them. But I mean, eventually over time you learn different things about their culture, you know, from their family and friends that they have and all that stuff. So, so I don't know. Most definitely, it's, it's good to associate yourself with other cultures than your own because otherwise you just hear from a book and you know. Uh, there's a whole bunch of history about us and history books that may not be true. So, so, so I mean, I guess the best way to get, get information from other cultures, you know, is to talk to that culture. So, so of course, be of course, befriend anybody, befriend somebody from your race or or your, someone not from your race. I don't see why you shouldn't do this. Okay, and I think that's something that just comes naturally, I guess, for us. But I am surprised to find that there are so many people who uh, I've actually had to make this statement in some of the small groups that, you know, African-Americans have been here over 400 years. I'm surprised that so little is known about us. And so people kind of look at that and I think they, they start to think, why is it that I don't know anything about African-Americans? Other than Martin Luther King and a few other political people, John, uh, John, uh, what is John's name? <laughs> John Lewis. <laughs> other than John Lewis and, you know, President Obama. I mean, people don't know anything about their neighbors. Um, they don't really know people that they work with. Uh, they just know them at work, but they don't know them outside of work. And so I think that has a lot to do with how well we can respect people and their diversity because if we don't know someone sometimes we consider them to be an enemy Uh, and that doesn't seem fair that we consider someone to be an enemy before we even get to know them so Brandon what are you thinking over there with mind spirit soul and body 
What do you mean, like in which sense? Yeah, which what things are you doing to kind of help? Let's say mine. What what kind of things have you done in in the past to kind of expand your thinking about the the world, about nations, about people? Uh, Well, I think like we're just saying, I uh, I definitely like I'm a person that does like conversation and I I like to learn new things. Uh, Do you think travel helps? Oh, yeah, well, travel for sure helps. But I think before that, I think just like we were saying, being being open to um, having, you know, real conversations and genuine conversations with people from other, uh, you know, places that you're not from or from cultures and backgrounds that you're not from. I think that expands your mind a lot, you know, your way of thinking, because anytime you anytime you understand something new, you've learned something. So if you have a new understanding from someone that, different background you've learned something so then expand your knowledge and expand your understanding and i think it expands your emotional intelligence for others as well so um and then uh you know i guess back to your question about traveling i think traveling also does as well because you you, when you travel it, it becomes real that where you are is not all that's there even though you know of course you know that before you travel but when you for me when i did I feel like you you truly understand that like man there's so much more than what's going on right now um, and I think that that thought, having that thought process or gaining that thought process is is expanding your mind in general because now you're saying man there's so much that I don't know you know what I mean there's so much I, I felt like I knew a lot before but I found out there's so much I don't know so what else is you know that I don't know and you and you naturally become curious about um, other stuff going on rather than the same old worries that you had um, before your mind expanded. You know, you start to look at things in a different light. You start to see what's important, what's not important. Uh, for example, I guess like when I went to Costa Rica for my friends, um, I think it was like his bachelor bachelorette slash party or whatever. So we went out there for that. But of course we spent time doing our own thing and we got, you know, we had days where we did what we wanted to do. And so in that time, just, uh, I saw a lot of people that didn't, definitely didn't have a lot of money. Um, you know, I saw, you know, a parent taking their kid to school on a bike, you know, one kid in the front, one kid on the back. You know, I saw, uh, bus stops that didn't even have a bench. Like it was just, uh, a metal pole that people would lean up against. You know, I saw, uh, you know, people outside of, uh, people that lived in, um, it kind of looked like even huts or like even home communities that had homes, you know, small homes with, you know, no roof or no, you know, no back or, you know, you know, you know, just like, you know, just stuff that we would consider poverty in America, but, um, these people were actually happy. So all of these people, they had smiles on their face. You know what I mean? Because to them, they were just happy that, it was almost like it was just all about their attitude. Like they were just happy that they were able to do whatever it was they, they were doing at that level. You know, so to me, that just shows that, you know, we everybody has their worries. Everybody has, everybody wants to do better than they're doing right now. And everybody's their own worst critic. But those people were able to find happiness in something um, that we would necessarily probably feel like we're miserable in or, 
you know, we're losers or man, like I don't even have a car, like, you know, all the stuff that we would complain and, and uh, I guess essentially dog ourselves about or make ourselves feel bad about. They were, they found happiness in that. So, you know, that was definitely uh, an eye opening, huh? To see stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it's really interesting because I did take a a course at Yale about two quarters ago and it was called the science of well-being. Yale has done studies over thousands and thousands of people all over the world and they have found out that Americans are some of the most unhappy people in the world. And this is this is even including third world countries. And so they started to try to understand what caused people to be happy. And so same thing like what you saw in Costa Rica, I saw it in Kenya, I saw it in Egypt. I've seen it in South Africa. I've seen it in, in Europe, for that matter. I've seen homeless people in Amsterdam. I've seen homeless people all over the world. Uh, but the, the thing is, is that they found out that happiness is not what we think it is. We thought happiness was, you know, having a luxury, you know, car, having a beautiful home, having a job that pays us a lot of money, you know, things like that. And then they found out that what really makes people happy is who are they helping? Who are they actually, you know, what time are they spending in meditation? What, what actually are they doing to improve their health? Those things are what make people happy. What, are, what type of events are they participating in? Are they traveling or doing other things that, because events are something that you can you can sort of look at and remember, and every time you remember it, it actually makes you happy. And so, but once you buy a car or get a beautiful home that you always wanted, after about two years, they've found out, it's no longer a thrill. It's only a thrill at most two years. And so that's one of the reasons they found out, or some of the reasons they found out, that people in America are some of the more unhappy people in the world. And so they're trying to, they're providing courses to try to help America get to understand what makes them happy. So that goes back to know thyself, know what you need to work on, whether it's your mind, whether it's your spirit, your soul, or your body. What do individuals need to work on in order to live a happy life? And I think that's why we're having such a struggle with racism. We're having a struggle with um, the elections and who should we vote for because there's an amount of selfishness that we have become accustomed to in America. And as long as we are accustomed to that selfishness, then we tend to focus so on ourselves. But then we've also found out that num the number one thing that causes depression is people who are selfish. They do not think of others and they not, do not do for others. And so it's really interesting how all of this is coming out, but I know with, with travel that has certainly helped me expand my thinking. It has helped me be tolerant of people's cultures and the way they behave and what they do and what they eat. I love in both, many cases to try different types of food uh, from different cultures. And so uh, that has been very helpful, I think, uh, as far as expanding the mind. And so um, as far as the spirit, I think we've talked about that with prayer, 
we've talked about uh, things that we can do as far as meditation, uh, even praying with other people or spending time uh, thinking about reading the Word and thinking about the Word of God. And that's helpful as well. So uh, any other things that you guys thought of? Because this has been really good. And um, I think that we will get through the pandemic and everything else here that's going on as long as we spend time helping our mind, our spirit, our soul, and our body. And that in itself will help us to be tolerant and to value other humans as much as we value ourselves. So any last thoughts? Because this has been very good. Anyone can say anything. Well, for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for Chris. <laughs> but Ryan is trying to say something. Um, well, I just wanted to go off of what you were saying. Um, uh, we definitely need to work on giving um, more oh, than yes. uh, concentrating on the material, material things in our lives. Uh, giving our talents, giving our uh, inspirations. Um, giving our time even uh, for certain uh, situations um, because it's all about, I really feel like it's all about the reason of us being here is to give and it's not to necessarily take everything um, it's really about giving to the point where you're giving your last all the way to the end of uh, whenever that is to the end of your life so um, yeah, we need to just concentrate more on giving. Okay. That's that's very good because I know some of the books that we're reading is pointing to the fact that even with the start of America, it was a start because of greed. The reason people went to Africa was to take the gold, the silver, the diamonds. Uh, so the thing that we are having to adjust to is the truth in history why did people really come to America and were, were, did we treat the Native Americans and the African Americans and, and different ones, did we treat them with respect? And so one of the things that I just learned recently from one of the authors of a book that our book club read, which is a post-traumatic slave syndrome, Dr. Joyce, Joy DeGur, uh, one of the things she did when she went to see the Statue of Liberty the Statue of Liberty was given to us by France, and the reason they gave it to us, it was to mark the end of slavery in America. The Statue of Liberty came to America with chains, and America took the chains off the Statue of Liberty and just said that the Statue of Liberty represented liberty for all. When Dr. de Gour went by the Statue of Liberty on tour, she asked, where are the chains? Those chains are now made available on the Statue of Liberty to indicate what France gave the statue to America for. And it was because of the end of slavery. And so that little historical event has not been taught in America, but it is now to my understanding, the tour guides now say that the statue was given to America because of the end of slavery. And so the chains were on the statue, but they were broken 
because it was saying you're releasing the slaves. And so things like that, we don't want to talk about, but it's real. And so not unless we expand our mind by reading and actually hearing and, and visiting countries and hearing about history act, actually as it was done instead of things that were left out of history. So right now with the awakening in America, we're learning more about the truth about history. And so when we go to France, there's actually a Statue of Liberty in France that faces the Statue of Liberty in America. And that Statue of Liberty in France was given to France by America, but it's a much smaller statue than the one that France gave to us. But anyway, we've learned that um, our country did start on greed. Um, there were some who genuinely came to evangelize, but there were very many of them who came because they saw the value in the sale and the purchase of slaves to build the land and also to take the land that the Indians owned and the Indians were moved off. So there's all kinds of interesting information uh, and that's not to just make people mad, that's not the point, but the truth about history is coming out and so whether we want to accept it or not, the truth is the truth. And the truth, as someone says, not to the ground will rise again. So this has been wonderful. Thank you guys for being a part of my podcast. And hopefully next time I will stick to just one particular subject, maybe just the mind or the spirit or the soul or the body. And then have hopefully have authors on of books that have been written that actually has an effect on all four of those areas. So let's know thyself. And I always have a thought, as you all know. That's my favorite expression. I have a thought. So thank you for coming to think with me.